0: Season 2, Episode 8. Welcome back to the Baseline Feet Podcast. This is our 8th episode this season, and we really do want to thank you, more than anything, for all of your love and support. And by support, I mean rating, reviewing, liking, and sharing all of our episodes— that's the only way we're going to grow as a podcast and a community. In this unique episode, in a futuristic world where technology is taking a bigger place, we meet an artist looking for love in all the wrong places. In a story by John Sanchez Esquire, we'll hear the voices of Eric Phones, Tori Miller, Rebecca Mersinger, C.M. Peters, J. Philip Morris, Harley Easton, Evan Jaffe, Katie Tatry, Kyla Sissinboon, and Tanner Wood. Please enjoy this new twist on an old-fashioned, handy. When my hand told me it wanted an amputation and to live on its own, it was worse than a divorce. I shouldn't call her it, but anger sometimes makes me say that to remind her that she's still a piece of my arm, a mere limb. A combination of hair, skin, muscle, and five fat fingers. I've even given her a name. Handy. My hand... Handy, I should say, wasn't particularly beautiful. The wrist, quite small and child-sized, and the knuckles like knots with loose ropes. And she was hairy, hairier than my other hand, but no one seemed to notice that. Everything started because of my work. I wanted more time to paint and needed some extra income, and I'd always thought that Handy, my right hand, was lazy. As a left-handed artist, I relied on my left to do all the painting. Of course, I couldn't say this to Handy because she would get offended, but it was the truth. Classical painters used to hold their palette in one hand and paint with the other, but there was no need for that now. My adjustable stand sufficed for holding my supplies. I only needed to dunk the tip of the brush there. Handy was pretty useless. One day while imbibing libations at my local bar, I complained about that very fact. Wouldn't it be cheaper if we all just had one hand? Imagine single sleeve shirts and coats. Let's fabric. How much money could we save Millions? (laughs) A bunch of drunks tried to dispute that, all of them holding their drinks in a single hand. Pretty funny. I didn't point out that irony, though. You don't need the extra hand for anything. No good for driving, not in the age of self-driving cars. No good for typing, now that we have dictation software. The reality was that people thought having a single arm was ugly. They still adhered to the basic Greek principle of proportion. Two hands, two legs, one head. Maybe I thought like that because I liked single things. All of my paintings depicted a single part of the female body. A nose, a toe, an ankle. I was in search of the meaning of femininity. Or what many of my critics said I was unconsciously desperate to assemble. The perfect woman. It's true that I was never lucky in love. No woman wanted to be committed, at least committed to me, the artist, anyway. I was looking for a part-time job, but with all the automation today, it was tough. I was glad that people still appreciated my paintings because they were handmade. But I still had a lot of expenses, and paint prices seemed to increase every day. Of course, I could have gotten a teaching job, but I wanted something that wouldn't consume so much of my mental energy.
1: need more income? We need an extra hand. Install AI in your hand and work from home. We pay for all installation charges.
0: I figured I'd give it a try. I told the company that I wouldn't care if they severed my hand.
1: We don't do that but be aware that the AI may control your whole arm up to the shoulder.
0: I didn't feel any pain when they poked my skin to install her. She was that tiny. As I was painting, Handy, I hadn't yet named her. Would fingerprint create codes for a security software company? These codes didn't have anything to do with my job. When she finished, I was required to use a small device to check for mistakes and mistakes happen believe me everything went well until i noticed handy had started to make more mistakes than usual the company checked her operating system she's bored the technician a beautiful woman with tan skin was holding handy and massaging her knuckles as if she wanted to wake her up
1: of course The first feeling that AI experiences is
0: self-awareness. They know they exist. They just do. Your hand either wants something or doesn't want it. She reads choices as a zero or a one. Unlike humans, she has only those two choices. And now she's bored. She wants some change. Some fun. That's all. I couldn't resist rubbing my fingers against the technician's wrist. Hey, I'm married, you know. (sighs) They always were. She slid her index finger along my palm. For now, just take care of her. Your AI is a lady, you know. Take her out. Have some fun. At first, I tried to break the routine. I took her to the nail salon. Something I'd never done, but since my AI was a lady, it seemed like the right thing to do. I must say that I really enjoyed it, too. The warm water with the added minerals and salts, the clippers, the massage. The nail lady's long black hair fluttered as she worked on my fingers. Fingers that no longer seemed like mine, but Handy's. This lady was married, too, but at the end of each session, she kissed Handy the base of her thumb. That was hot. Even though I had saved money because of the new job, I couldn't bring her here all the time. The mistakes in the coding began happening with more frequency, and I even got a warning in short that said, either you fix things or you're out of here. Then someone suggested giving Handy an eye. Actually, a camera. If your AI sees, it can have more enjoyment. It can even look around while you're working. I thought about correcting him, but failed to point out that it was a she. Eye implants were new at the time. People got them mostly for decoration, but they were also connected to their own brains. The most popular was a camera implanted on the back of the neck with a tattoo that says, I always have an eye on you. But an eye implanted on an AI like Handy was still something unusual. The technician made an incision on the back of my hand to install the camera eye. It hardly hurt at all, and I ended up having an eye in my hand. For Handy. Actually, it was sort of wonderful. The eye wasn't like a human's. No eyelashes, no pupil. In its lens was a tiny electronic flame that lit up when Handy was actively watching. Sometimes, I could feel its light on my face even while Handy was sending her codes. She was watching me. This both excited me and disturbed me at the same time. However, it didn't happen that often. Most of the time, the eye liked to look either at the painting I was working on or out the window. What really bothered me was that she didn't like to sleep. So I had to wrap her in a piece of fabric. Otherwise, I could see her light moving across the ceiling during the night. During that time, I started wearing gloves because people on the subway were always yelling at me. Once, a young man even tried to punch me. When I reacted, I injured my pinky, my left one, of course. It wasn't that bad. It only meant a couple of days away from painting. I went to my studio to do other things, and as I sat, Handy used her new eye to examine every corner of the painting that I'd been working on. Would you like to work? I spoke as if I were talking to another person, but Handy wasn't someone I could really talk to anyway. She couldn't even hear. She was like a piece of furniture or a video camera. I took the brush, and she grabbed it from me. Despite the fact that she was never trained, I put a blank canvas in front of her anyway. Without my conscious control, my right hand brushed the canvas and created a few lines. I laughed at first. It was like seeing a toddler taking his first steps. But then Handy tossed the brush aside and threw herself under the pallet, burrowing like a hippo in a marsh before coming back up and lunging towards a painting on a nearby easel that I'd been working on for an important client. I tried to hold her back. I yelled at her. I didn't want to ruin months of work. But she was drawing lines of blue, yellow, and red all across the canvas. My left hand, with its injured pinky, couldn't stop her. Handy's AI was making my hand act on its own. I pleaded to stop, but of course she couldn't hear me. I closed my eyes, and when I opened them, what I saw surprised me. Handy had brought some new dimensions to the painting that I hadn't even considered. The wonderful thing was that she finished it with her fingers and nails. My client was so happy that she paid me double the money. She did have some problems with technique, though. Nothing major. A natural talent, no doubt, but I would need to refine it. This became a real challenge. First, she wanted to paint all the time, and there was no way I could let her know I needed rest. I couldn't convince her to pay attention to me because she kept waving around and didn't want to stay put. There was only one solution. To implant an auditory device. I was sure of it. I paid the software company to own Handy outright. I reasoned that teaching Handy to paint well would be more lucrative than continuing the coding contract. My left hand always itched for more money anyway. An auditory device would be quite expensive, and they were usually quite large. I needed something small, almost unnoticeable. This was not just for aesthetic reasons, but for practical ones as well. I didn't want a big ear on the palm of my hand that I had to worry about constantly exposing to paint. Besides, I needed it to be easily accessible. I didn't want Handy to make a fist and refuse to listen to me. So after much consideration, I decided to place the ear on my wrist, well, her wrist. The auditory device I chose was shaped like a bracelet. During the installation, I knew that Handy was scared because she was shaking. She went frantic when she saw the technician, an overweight woman with nice curves. Kiss her. Right there. She likes that. I pointed to the spot where the manicure lady had kissed her. The technician did, leaving the red mark of her lips, which gave me a vacuum sensation at the bottom of my torso. I think Handy felt something special too because she began to drum her fingers on the operating surface, tapping ta-ti-ti-ti-ta-ti-ti, ti, ti, ta, ti, ti. a perfect andante. Even though the kiss calmed Handy down, I suggested removing her battery, or at least covering her eye, but the technician advised against it. The AI learns from experiences and the feelings that are associated with them. If you prevent her from seeing what happens, she won't know how to react in the future. and. We'll suffer unfounded fears. I couldn't imagine how Handy felt as she saw all those needles plunging toward her. The only way I could relate to this was thinking of visits to the dentist. The ray of her eye kept wandering randomly around the room as if she wanted to avoid what was in front of her. When the technician was done, I named my AI Handy. Handy sounded close to Candy, a very feminine name. I repeated that name whispering it into the hearing device. Three receptor crystals in the device illuminated, indicating that the sound was being processed. Almost immediately, the ray of her eye moved back to me, making small circles in the air until it stopped on my lips. Your name is Handy. My heart raced. She understood me. Handy. My Handy. We're gonna have a lot of fun together. Handy stretched out each of her fingers, and the technician bent down to kiss her again. Mmm, look at that cleavage. That's not funny. The technician buttoned up the top of her blouse. Please pay and leave. Well, at least I tried. I always tried. Nothing ever worked, at least in terms of real commitment. No one wanted a relationship, they just wanted to have a bohemian experience with an artist. After I paid the bill, Handy projected her light onto the technician's face, who looked back at us, as if wrestling with an idea that she had some obligation to warn Handy about me. She seemed to whisper something in Handy's direction, but I couldn't make out what it was. Now that the hearing device was implanted, I was able to tell Handy what to do. She was calm, willing to learn, and seemed more motivated. I also started to take her out to a nearby park, and sometimes to bars, where I could remove my gloves. It was the best I could do to try and make her happy. She would show her excitement during these outings by moving the light of her eye in spirals. If she wanted to say something to me, she would write it down on a piece of paper. One day, as Handy was painting and I was concentrating on my corner of the work, I noticed that she had written something on the canvas. You
1: stupid moron. I'm trying to ask you what color I should use for the shoulder of this woman.
0: Handy had ruined the painting, one that we worked on together for weeks. Bringing my wrist to my mouth, I asked Handy why she had done this horrible thing. Didn't she understand the value of our work? The time invested? I was so angry. I even slapped her once. She didn't do anything except dark in her eye. She stayed that way for 3 days, which made me sad. At that point, I decided to install a mouth near her eye so that she could express herself. Well, it was really just a speaker, but I chose one that resembled a mouth. It was a circle with a red border surrounding a pinkish net that vibrated when sound was emitted. Wow, that's kind of girly for a man in his 40s. She's a girl. Handy is a girl. Once she discovered she could speak, Handy did not shut up. She was constantly telling jokes, making up stories, and asking all kinds of questions. It was like being with a five-year-old. Please, no more. At night, I fell asleep facing her mouth because she whispered to me all night. I didn't have to use gloves when we went out anymore because if someone asked me why my hand was staring at them, Handy would bomb them with her weaponry of words, directly attacking their appearance.
1: Your bell pepper body. Or. That hat looks like the lid of a garbage can.
0: The list went on and on. Sometimes they wanted to punch me, but Handy would open her fingers and say,
1: Go ahead, I really don't care. You touch my friend, and I swear to God, I'll poke your eyes out.
0: Then she would show them the long, polished nail of her index finger. She became more demanding. Nail polish in different colors and patterns, special rings and transparent plastic gloves for rainy days. She was definitely a lady. My handy. I always wanted to give her the best. I even bought her an emerald ring, That made her so happy, like a girl at her quinceañera. I fell asleep examining her features. The lines of her palm. The clusters of veins that carried our shared blood just beneath the surface. The flitting fingers, thick and dancing before me. It's as if she were naked, her mouth vibrating in pink. She was free of all those rings that she liked to wear in the morning. I liked her scent. It was mine, of course, but she had developed her own personality that somehow modified it. One night, as I was closing my eyes, I kissed her. Her whispers changed into humming, At first I thought I had inadvertently damaged the speaker device with my saliva, but that didn't make sense because it was waterproof. Then I thought that perhaps she was surprised or shocked, but what could she expect? I was sleeping with her, working with her, taking her places. The next morning after breakfast and before we started to work, she confronted me as we were gathering brushes, rotating her camera to look at me in the eye as she did when she was angry.
1: Why did you do that last night?
0: I took a deep breath, dropped my brush on the floor, and massaged the bay between her thumb and index finger with my pinky. I wanted her to relax. I moved up to the tips of her fingers and began to work my way down again, when a swipe from the sharp nail of her ring finger made a gash in my skin like a paper cut. <sniffs> Sucking my finger, I felt a tear come down. Handy, I, I think I'm falling in love with you. The ray of her eye, which until that moment had been concentrating on my face, started to wander back and forth on the ceiling. At first I thought she was happy, so I let out a laugh. (laughs) Then I imagined her embracing my face like a spider (laughs) hugging its prey with five tender legs. But she remained still, until her voice emerged, its tone harsh.
1: This is impossible.
0: Her eye went dark.
1: It's impossible.
0: Why? The ray of her eye lit up and focused on the space between my eyebrows.
1: Because I'm a lesbian.
0: No, you've got to be kidding. How the hell could she be a lesbian? She was mine. My hand. My handy. I made you a... I hesitated to say a person. My handy. You're mine. And I need you to do everything to make me happy. You can't be a lesbian. You need to change those thoughts. The day I went to the Apricot AI store for repairs, I found out that other people were having problems too. An old woman sitting next to me had installed an AI in her purse.
1: I wanted a partner to go shopping with, but she got depressed. Nothing in life is worse than going shopping with a depressed old bag. They just don't want to spend money.
0: She showed me her purse and shook it. The AI's two camera eyes on the purse exterior lit up, and it made a grunting noise.
1: I think the problem is that I named her Dolores, which means sorrows in Spanish. Look, all my credit cards and money are in there. I really wanted Dolores to be a fun person to have around. She was so expensive. I can't give her up.
0: She frantically shook Dolores, and even hit her against the coffee table in the waiting room.
1: Say something! Say something!
0: The woman looked at me with pleading eyes.
1: Oh, come on! She's impossible!
0: After the apricot technician called me to the counter, he removed Handy's battery so she would be quiet for a while. (laughs) It makes complete sense to me. You like women, and she developed her own sexual identity based on yours. She acquired this from you. I don't care. Just change it. Alter the software or whatever and make her heterosexual. I, uh, I can't do that. I was dumbfounded. Sexual orientation is protected by law. This is something we need to respect? That's stupid. She's my hand and I can do whatever I want with her. Listen to me. We... Cannot do that. But we can try to have her help herself. Hmm? On the technician's suggestion, Handy and I ended up in a sexual conversion therapy. At first, I didn't want to go, since I don't believe in that stuff. Besides, I thought that my love for her would eventually vanish, or that Handy would change her mind after a time. But you would not believe how much trouble Handy got me into next. She started caressing women's legs on the subway, I was in danger of being arrested for sexual molestation. I had to tie her to my shoulder when we traveled. I could have taken out her battery, but when I did, she would get so angry that she'd rip all the pillows on my bed with her nails. And I still kept loving her. I wanted her, even if she wouldn't stop chasing women. Women complaining about sexual harassment was bad enough, but even worse was what Handy would do in bars. I was with her the times she was able to enjoy a lady's breast or play with a lady's mouth, her finger going in and out as if she were searching for hidden treasure. I was there, and I'll admit that it tickled me. And yet, Handy didn't want me to watch her, not even peek. That's when I decided to attend an immersion program at God's Path of Transformation. I talked to the pastor there, Joel Manny Knight, who was very sympathetic. Satan has corrupted even our machines. We will have to break her with prayers so we can heal her. I could sense that Handy was very nervous. Her eyes ray moved slowly, and she was trembling. Pastor Knight enforced a strict schedule beginning with a wake-up at 5:30 a.m, followed by a cold shower and a long prayer session without breakfast. And we prayed until lunch. I guess hunger helps with the prayers. The hungrier we were, the more we prayed. During the morning session, Pastor Knight and the other men, only men, for therapeutic reasons, tied my arm to a table so they could all extend their hands and pray over my handy. At lunch, she was horrible. She would slap me, throw my food away, and yell,
1: I'm a lesbian! I'm a lesbian!
0: In the afternoon, we had a group therapy session. They tied her to the table again and taped a piece of cotton over her mouth so that no sound could escape. Still, some words would come through. And she'd keep waving her fingers and squirming and trying to escape from her ties. The first night, I wanted to remove her battery so I could sleep well, but she promised me she'd stay quiet and still.
1: Let me at least look around.
0: Pastor Knight and the men came into my room and tied Handy to the bed frame because she was so aggressive earlier. That next night, she actually woke me up. Somehow, she'd managed to liberate herself. She was holding a pen and gently poking me in the eye.
1: Shush. You don't want to end up with only one eye, do you? I can't take it anymore. I want to be amputated from you. This therapy is not going to work. I swear to God I'm going to resist it all, and will cut every single one of your veins.
0: She dropped the pen. I started crying. It was all so stupid and ridiculous, but I still cried. It wasn't because of the pain I anticipated. It was about suddenly realizing the hatred she had for me.
1: I'm here against my will. If I could get to a phone, any LGBT group would come and rescue me so I could cut my ties from you.
0: She said cut ties with so much venom. I pleaded with her, knowing how determined she was. I didn't want to lose her. I kept imagining having to defend myself from her accusations in court in order to resist a forced amputation. She had already explained to me that this was a possibility and that she could live on her own.
1: I can crawl anywhere I want to.
0: You'll die. You can't live without me.
1: (laughs) That's not true anymore.
0: I didn't want to lose her. I didn't want her to hate me. I promised that I would respect her choice and not interfere with her relationships. I would give her the freedom that she wanted. We escaped the program well before Pastor Knight's alarm would wake everyone up again and returned home to our normal routine. Her and her jewels, rings, and colorful strings bought with my money, me painting away my frustrations, my dark spirit, my heartbreak she seduced or at least tried to seduce women we met and i watched and i bit my tongue i was jealous of her luck jealous that she could do it that she my handy could enjoy the pleasure of other women so i decided to turn the tables i was gonna make her jealous and she would pay for everything she had done to me i imagined her crying pleading with me to love her and her alone I went back to the Apricot AI store, and right in front of her, I implanted an AI with an eye, a hearing device, and a more human looking mouth on my left hand. The mouth had lips made of a skin like material that was the latest development. I named my new AI Leftitia and specifically requested that she not be lesbian. At the end of the day, it didn't matter. I wanted it to be jealous. To plead to become the center of my life again to be brought to the nail salon to beg for my kisses i turned all my attention to leftisha if we went shopping i bought her the most beautiful and expensive rings i'd buy something cheap if anything for handy if we went to the movies i hid handy in her glove so she couldn't see us or the screen handy protested of course but i argued back that i needed privacy in the end, I found Lefticia to be very complacent as long as I gave her gifts. She didn't have the indomitable spirit of Handy, though she could be stubborn and aggressive at times. She was mostly passive, though, and sometimes even lazy. She didn't want to paint at all. If she painted for five minutes, she wanted to fall into the silky pillow I had bought for her. One night, I put a glove on Handy and tried to kiss Lefticia. But Leftisha used her pinky to push me away.
1: No, 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 my dear.
0: Don't tell me that you're a lesbian, too.
1: No, nothing like that. But these kind of things, I don't really like to do them unless you pay me.
0: Pay you? Are you nuts? Truth be told, after that night, she wouldn't paint unless I paid her. She wouldn't scrub me if I didn't pay her, and she was particularly disgusted while holding my penis. But she was happy to do everything, as long as I offered her a couple of bucks or gave her a gift. No one pays me to hold my penis when I pee. I decided to leave Leftisha as she was, and I continued to pay her. At least I could still jerk off, although I worried someone would accuse me of prostitution. One day I woke up, and right there in the middle of my stomach, close to my belly button, Handy and Leftisha were dancing, touching each other at the tips of their fingers. Later, they kissed. It was exciting. The kiss lasted a long time, only ending when I cleared my throat.
1: <clears> throat.
0: They both turned around to look at my face with their camera eyes. You told me you're not a lesbian. I'm not, but she paid me. She showed me the first beautiful emerald ring I had bought for Handy back when i first fallen in love with her. Now my life is settled down. I still live without a girlfriend, and sometimes I think that the only person who could ever love me would be a girl, with gay feet. These two ladies in my hands, Lefticia and Handy, are not just objects of my desires anymore. Only now, in my middle years, am I finally learning from them on how to treat a lady, what words to use, and how to ask for permission. Once a week I pay Lefticia so she'll paint with force and determination. I buy rings for Handy so she can give them to Lefticia. And so that way Handy isn't chasing women. Her idea to get amputated, at least for now, is forgotten. Every day when I have my breakfast, Lefticia still feeds me because I pay her. And Handy stuffs blueberries in my mouth because she wants to flirt with Lefticia. After that, I sit in front of the canvas to admire what Handy and Tt-shirt are doing. <sighs> so, when I say that my hands have minds of their own, I'm not lying. Once again, thank you to John Sanchez Esquire for this wonderful story. We hope to see more stories from him in the future. Let's also give credit to Eric Fones, Tori Miller, Rebecca Mersinger, J. Philip Morris, Harley Easton, Evan Jaffe, Katie Tatry, and Kyla Sissamboon as Handy, C.M. Peters as Leftisha, and Tanner Wood as the artist. Production and musical arrangements were by Tanner Wood episode artwork was by a newcomer, Samuel Ferry. If you're a new writer trying to get your feet wet in the audio drama industry, don't be afraid to submit your short stories to our submissions at baselinefeed.com. Our submissions for season three are actually open until the end of April. And if you're an aspiring voice actor, don't be afraid to send an email to casting at baselinefeed.com. We can help you work on a short demo, even give you an opportunity to submit an audition to our show. We also want to express our love and eternal gratitude to all of our patrons, including the latest addition to our Baseliner family, The Hotter Show. It's really great to see other podcasts supporting one another. Love you, buddy. We also have a Discord server with a link in the show notes if you'd like to join us for a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. Maybe some game nights. Maybe some movie nights. Maybe even get help writing a short story of your own. Don't forget to tune in every other Saturday for a new episode on the Baseline Feed.